It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. Welcome into the podcast for this Thursday. I am Richard Skinner, Local12.com, digital sports columnist and editor with Chad Brendel from Bearcat Journal and Rick Roaring. Or boring. We'll see how that works out for him from Musketeer Report. We'll uh, look ahead to UC's game with Houston this Saturday night. Xavier's game with St. John's on Saturday afternoon. We'll talk and see whether or not Kentucky's even worth watching when they play an SEC game. NKU with a couple of big games as well. And much, much more on today's college basketball podcast. But we have to start off with the indefinite suspension of one Grayson Allen that indefinitely lasted one game. It's convenient. Here's the thing. I understand the definition of indefinite. I understand right. that's purposely not putting a time limit on it. That is why the term indefinite is used. At the same time. Yes. Everyone knows indefinite does not mean one game. Otherwise, <laughs> it's a one-game suspension. That, that's that, how you say that. that w- Maybe it was indefinite as long as they kept winning. Was that what it was? It was indefinite until they lost. Yes. And then the parameters changed. Yes. Or it was indefinite unless I'm going to have back surgery and I want him to return the starting lineup before Jeff Cable takes over the team. Or any other conditions. But this is what pisses me off about Coach K. This is what I said last week. Quit trying to be the gatekeeper of all things that are good in basketball. Quit trying to be the guy who keeps up the respect of the game and all this other stuff. Quit being the guy who yells at Dylan Brooks after he cans a shot at the end of the game. Quit being a guy who comes back from Team USA basketball and brags about how you made LeBron look you in the eye and set standards for all those NBA superstars, and that's why you're all of a sudden good. Quit being the guy that ruined the Big East. I'm not following that one, but yeah, that too. I mean, I don't care. I don't care if you suspended Grayson Allen for a game or five games or ten games or didn't suspend him at all. Because all the coaches want to do is win. I understand that. I just don't like that Coach K acts like he's above all of that and he's better than all of that. And then he does the same exact stuff. And yeah. He's a hypocrite. Here's my big question: is, is is who gets credit for Coach K's wins this time around, and who gets he the, does. and Cable gets the losses? Then right. Is that how it works? Just like you did the last time? I guess so, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm just making sure that that's how it's going to work this time. Well, you know, I mean, it, here, here's this is what drives me crazy about this is I hate the back storyline. Because what's going to happen is right now they had a bunch of freshmen, didn't pan out, they're struggling, Grayson Allen got suspended, they hit turmoil, Coach K, Coach K had to get his back redone. Coach K. Coach K. I like that's even better. I might just keep it that way. I, I like it. And then at the end of the year, he's going to come back. Because they have a bunch of insanely talented draft picks, they're, gonna, they're, they're going to make a run yeah. in the tournament. And then we're going to get to listen to about how Coach K miraculously brought this team together and what he meant to return the sidelines and all this other stuff. And it's no, he won't because Jeff, so Jeff, Jeff Cable will mess this up times 50. Trust me. You Jeff, think? Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't coach me to tie my shoes. I wish you were right, and maybe you're right because they're in the ACC and it's so difficult. But the fact of the matter is they're insanely talented. They're insanely talented. And, and you know, nobody saw a 50-point beatdown coming off the tournament. Around. I think you saw some kind of level of victory coming, but not a 50-point beatdown. I mean, I don't think Grayson Allen means quite that much, and uh, maybe Georgia Tech just simply being at home was was just caught Carolina on a bad day, etc. But um, no, it's it's still a very talented team. Uh, there's no question about it. But it's the whole concept of. I mean, you even you even half joked that he'll be back by the Florida State game, and that sounded funny at the time because it was like the and first. And they lost the, to Virginia right, Tech. It was like the first. If you looked at the schedule, that was the first real tough game. Although Virginia Tech ended up being, a, and they are a good team. They lost uh, last night, but they are a good team. Um, but yeah, the first time turmoil hit, the first time a loss hit, you know what? It's okay. You can come back to the fold. You're all right. Now, now what do they do the next time he does it? Well, that's that's the great thing. You know what's going to be awesome. Is if he trips someone again, right? Like I'm not. I don't root While for Coach th- K is out with back surgery. Yeah, like I don't root for that. While he's under anesthesia, I don't root for Grayson Allen to 
have turmoil and, and ruin his career. No, or he's doing like it to, that. He, nobody's doing it to Grayson Allen, but Grayson Allen. Right, exactly. I'm not. I'm not rooting for that. But at the same time, you're rooting. For I'm. Him. I'm here for him tripping somebody else. Absolutely. And what happens? What happens now if he trips someone and they punch him? The, I mean, it's on that guy. Obviously, no we're going to crucify well, that guy. But I, the, after the fourth time, like when you know he's that guy. It's tough to blame a dude for hauling off and punching him. I would have to think if he does do it again, it's obviously going to be in an ACC game. Um, you would assume the ACC does something harsh this time around, right? Would have to. Oh, yeah. You mean you mean aside from the uh, the reprimand, two, the, the two weeks off during the holidays while dealing with the nagging toe injury that yeah. he just received? Yeah. No, man, I, what a punishment! No, I, send a message. I think I think it's absurd. I and, think it's absolutely absurd. And the Duke media, bunch of fans. Flat out a bunch of fans. Did you see the press conference last night? I, I did not. Embarrassing. Did they clap? No, no, but they're just like, I mean, they waited about 15 minutes to even did, mention it. Did, did they wink at the guy like like the guy did to Luke Fickle? It, it's like it, it, they, they asked one question like, uh, hey, uh, so Grayson came back, huh? And then Coach K spewed like a couple minutes of nonsense there. He didn't answer a question, didn't really say anything about it. And the gospel like, according to? All right. Sounds like you learned his lesson. Let's move on. So how about your back? Are you going to be okay? Was polio mentioned? Are you going to be all right? <laughs> No, but I just it is it is getting to be that time of year, and uh, you, I heard that cough. By the way, I, I missed the day. Yeah, dang it. Okay, there we go. Can I indefinitely First suspend him from coughing? Is that possible? I'm fine with it. Okay. Can we keep him out more than one podcast? More, more, more than one cough. When um when are you going to pay up your bet that we made a couple months back that you were supposed to shut up for an entire show? Wow, I don't remember that bet. Yeah, I don't remember that bet either. Wow. I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know why he's on you. I don't either. I thought we were kind of in agreement on this topic, actually. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. I don't know, what, I don't know what's going on <laughs> on that side of the table. So, I mean, for your take on this, I mean, it, it, did, was this handled properly or no? Or is no. It just, or is it just par for the course? Par for the course. This yeah. is what I expected. I mean, that's why we joked around about he would sit out for the games that they should win, and then they lost a game they should win, and all of a sudden he's back. And now Kay's selling it as, well, it was only right that – I get him back with with the whole group with the whole group yeah. one game with me before I turn it over. Give me a break, dude. Just I, I want to see you. I want to see you stand up to him on the road. I like will. An and, and, and here's the thing: I don't want to make this as like I'm a bit like some UK fan that's being irrational about Coach K. I'm sure he's a fine guy. Like I don't think he's a bad guy. I don't think he's a bad coach. I think he's a very good coach. No, I, but he puts himself on that pedestal. That's what that's that's, that's what issue. annoys people. That I, is my I, issue. No, I I think there's no question. Mike's a great coach. I think he does a lot of good things for the game. He's obviously built a program that um, had some times in the '60s, but really he took that program from death in a tough place where Dean Smith owned the ACC and own North Carolina and right. own that marketplace and built it into a national powerhouse. He deserves all the credit in the world for that. And I really respect what he did with USA Basketball. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things about his career, to be quite honest. And again, I really respect him as a coach. But what he's finding out right now is what Coach Cal does every year is really difficult. Yeah, the one-and-done thing is yeah. hard. It's not easy. And all of a sudden, he's doing that, and we're going to have to listen to all these storylines that make him different because we've painted this different narrative about who Coach K is, when in reality... He's the same as Coach Cal, just not as good at it. That's yeah, a flat out. I would agree. That's flat out fact. He's the same as Coach Cal. He wants to do all the same things as Coach Cal. He wants to win like Coach Cal. He wants to recruit like Coach Cal. He's just not as good at it. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's a fair thing to say. So um, it will be interesting to see if this happens again because I, the track record suggests it will happen again. And I think the ACC has to step in and make whatever set a number three games, five games, whatever. Don't make it indefinite. Don't make it open ended. Set a, set an absolute firm punishment for this and, and be done with it. They won't. Oh, I think they will. I, I think there be enough national media backlash that if this occurred in a league game, the league would have to do something. 
and will do something. For the record, my take on Grayson Allen is it's not that big of a deal. Like, I don't like it. He's a punk. I don't have a problem with someone retaliating. I won't blame that person. At the same time, like, I don't think he should be suspended for three or five games or ten games or anything like that. I don't think tripping someone is the end of the world. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I just have a problem with the whole hypocrisy of Coach K. There you go. Nancy Gates broke Kenny Freeze's face and got six games. Tripping a game. Sounds reasonable. I'm just going to say this. Zip them up. That's all I can tell you. Zip them up. I just think because it is, it's that month, we're in the month of the shootout, people just need to realize and remember that the shootout is just a basketball game. It is too much glorification of all of sports in our society. It's just the a game. The fact is, guys are here to get an education. They represent Student institutions athletes. of higher learning. Okay? Xavier's been a great school for years. We're trying to cure cancer at Cincinnati. I like that. I go to school at a place where they discovered the vaccine for polio and, and, and created Benadryl. Boom! I think that's more important. You got an edge like skinny? It, 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 you, you got a little rash downstairs? McCronin's college did that. He fixed it for you. I don't think Benadryl fixes a rash downstairs. Yeah, it is. I think it helps with allergy issues. Yeah, that's and that allergies more or less. I, I don't think jock itch has anything to do with allergies. I don't, I don't think you're... Properly self-medicating, right? I, yeah, I, I, think you're, I think you've gone into crazy land. I was, I was talking about Skinny's issues. I've never had to deal with them, so I don't know about How do you know about my sensation. issues downstairs? What? No comment. <laughs> it was a late night of barley corns. Wow. That's, that's all I need to it know. It was you coming out of Chi-Chi saying you pissed yourself and I had to clean up. Yeah, that's, that's happened before, as you might know. <laughs> that, that indeed did happen. Back to that. Did, like, what happened when you got back to the, your group of people, or did you just walk out? No, like, I went back to my group of people. They, they thought I was insane, which is fine. Did you have another drink? Of course. That's solid. And then I got I got led out of there by my ear and thrown in the back of a car and woke up at five in the morning with the back car door open. I would hope so. Rightfully. And rightfully, no question. I, I I own that moment. I mean, you know, I'm not a hypocrite. I'm not Coach K. I own that moment. Much that, was on, that was on me. Yeah. That was a me issue. That was a nobody else issue other than the person that kept getting tequila shots. I respect that. I did learn my lesson, though. I did learn the fact that... Don't take Benadryl for jock itch? <laughs> no, I may, maybe that's the new cure. I, I didn't realize that part of it. Don't drink, don't, don't drink tequila by itself. Just don't do it. It's the bit. Just don't do it. Yeah. It doesn't taste good. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. You have to have, like, salt and limes to Yeah, get I've had that, too. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah, I, I would never do that again. That was yeah. a bad 22-year-old mistake. That's all I can tell you. I don't make mistakes like that anymore. Mm-hmm. I just make some, some, some other different mistakes. Wish I could say the same. Yeah, I, I'll bet. I'll bet. Uh, let's move along. To, uh, to UC and Xavier. Let's start with the Bearcats who play at 9 o'clock on Saturday night at Houston. Uh, kind of a, a really two-game test here because they've yeah. got Houston and SMU uh, follows at home, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. But uh, certainly, certainly a, a two-game test in the league where you're not yeah. going to get tested on a weekly basis, but this is one of them. This is probably their toughest two-game stretch of the season. So, you know, Houston, they, they, we talked about it um, earlier in the week. Houston doesn't have anything on their resume that jumps out and says NCAA tournament team. They need to beat Cincinnati at home. I mean, they that that they have a lot of phone calls in their phone records, though. Can you hear me now? Yes, Calvin Sampson. Yes, can you indeed. hear me now? Yes, indeed. Um, that was at Indiana, though. That's true. Um, you know, it, it, they they've got a lot of talent, and they're they're they struggled last night with with Tulsa because Rob Gray, their leading scorer, was out, and he, and he scores twenty a game, um, and then also Indiana transfer, ironically enough, Devin Davis. Um, is also out. I don't know if he'll be back for Saturday or not. I would assume Rob Gray will. He had the flu. Um, so you would think he would be back by Saturday night. But, you know, the, if, if Houston wants a chance to make the tournament, they've got to beat Cincinnati at least once, if not twice, to really jump up their resume. And I don't like having a week off 
and going in and having to play a game like that. Because ultimately, you have that week off. I, it just feels like your first you're not in the routine you five, seven minutes right. of the game it right. takes to get back into that flow of things. Um, there's probably going to be like 3,300, 3,400 people at Hofstein Pavilion. So the place is going to be really rowdy. It'll probably be a season-high crowd. Um, <laughs> it, they, they don't draw very well. It, it was awful last night. I mean, they announced 3,000 last night, and there's no way in hell. And they beat Tulsa by three, right? By three, yeah. yeah. And, and their resume isn't good. I mean, they've lost to LSU, to Arkansas, Arkansas to Harvard. Harvard. Yeah. I mean, those are the three losses. They are 13-3. Well, and three. They scheduled those three games as their three games to help right. and boost it, their resume, and they lost them They all. took an over on those. Yeah. I mean, they, the rest of their schedule, I'm going to call it up here. Um Texas Pan American Liberty um, stinks. What is PVA and oh Prairie View A and M? Holy yep. cow, that's not good. No, not good at all. Um, but it, with with SMU looming as well, and it, it just it makes it a very tough tough game. Yeah, I mean, it, the, and UC hasn't offensively. They've been different on the road. They you know at home they're up in the seventy five eighty point range. And on the road, they're down at and you've talked about that, sixty Rick. points. And, and, and I mean, is this? Is, and I'll ask you, but you've talked about that. Is it just seems like for whatever reason, when they do go on the road, it is almost like it is a completely different team offensively, almost a different mentality offensively. That's the thing that's weird to me because I get like a lot of fans will just look at it and say, "Well, why doesn't why is the offense suck when we play good teams?" And it's like, well, look, it, you're, you're not, good teams yeah, for a reason. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're playing possessions that matter. You're valuing possessions. Both teams are playing good defense. It's harder to score against good teams. I get that. With UC, though, their whole offensive mentality seems to change when they're playing against a team that they know they're better than and they're going to run over versus a team that they feel is going to be a close game. It seems like the whole offensive strategy and how they run their stuff changes, and that's weird to me. I'm, and I, I keep wondering if we're going – this team seems to be like – it looks like a, a thoroughbred that keeps having the reins yanked on it at times. Like yeah. if they want to do that, and for some reason they just don't when they get in these games. I'm waiting for it to switch. Well, a lot of it is missing shots. I mean, the the – the but it, but it's not. That's if it was that cool. If it was just that they weren't scoring efficiently, cool. I could deal with that. Watch how they play though. They play a different style. They walk the ball up. They run slower through the things. They go more one four low sets for Troy Copain. They run different stuff. And maybe just because they feel it's harder to get some of their other things to work, I don't know. But it's it just I do think they run. They play a different style on offense against good teams. Um, it, we talked about this a little bit on on Monday, but uh, here we are another game through the league basically UC was not part of that but most of the rest of the league was you really have all of a sudden gotten a quick separation in that league yeah it's it's UC it's Houston it's SMU Memphis kinda and UCF maybe UCF maybe and that's it yeah and then the rest um <clears throat> is it is it is the it is the haves and have nots big time very quickly in that league garbage garbage absolute garbage um so Benadryl people do take it for chlamydia and gonorrhea yeah, I've never had to have, um, to have any issues. But it only helps the itching, apparently. It's not like a cure. Gotcha. Okay. Thanks for sharing. So Thanks. Just Pre- appreciate you I go to school at a place where they discovered the vaccine for polio and, and, and created Benadryl. So there's that. Yeah. Well, it, 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 that's, a big, that's a big creation, if you ask me, for some. Yeah. If, you, if you were for to come some. across gonorrhea or chlamydia... I'd the University pumped. of Cincinnati would do you a solid. I'd be pumped. So I just wanted to be like, I wasn't. What totally has Xavier out- done for us? They were a good university for a few years, I think he said. I think that's what he mentioned. Xavier's been a great school for years. We're trying to cure cancer at Cincinnati. No, but they're still, they still need to understand that basketball is just a game. Just a game. Yeah. Just a game. Then he gets seven figures to go. Yeah, there, there, there's that. Yeah. 
it's just a game in fifth grade CYO, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't get paid for that, for goodness sakes. It's just a game. I, my daughter's playing first grade basketball now. Is that where they do they put the wristbands on and they have to guard the girl with the same color wristband? I like that. I yeah. love that. I like yep. that That's my, and they follow them. They go all the way to the corner and they follow them and they just look at them. You, they, know, you know what happened in the first game? Six to two? No. One to nothing. And guess who got the one? She got it? She, Kelsey Brendel. Ten buckets. Ten, ten foot rim? No, they drop it down. That's, okay, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm making sure that they're doing it's like the a seven right or eight foot rim or whatever that's it is. That's awesome. She drove to the rim. She got fouled on the shot. Somebody tried to take a charge. I no. literally was going to say, Skinny just wants to know how many charges were taken. And uh, she went to the free throw line, missed the first one, sank the second one. Good form. Yeah, only bucket of the game. That's awesome. One to nothing, Brendel. That's awesome. That's How's a proud dad. Big big defensive stop on the last uh, twenty three well, minutes of the game. You know the beautiful part of it is there was a girl on her team that was a little bit older, and she was playing point guard, if you will. But she wasn't really doing much with it. She was running like the Bob Huggins offense where you just stand and dribble at the top and of the key. Ja- and then just jack up a 35-footer at the shot clock. Well, Kelsey just got tired of that, so she went and stole the ball from her own teammate. I like that. And went towards the rim. She was like, hey, Steve Logan. Give me the ball. Black hole, give me the ball. Yeah, what are you, you're, you're running out the clock here. We need to get the ball in how, the basket, how, how much, and the basket's down there. How much time was left? No, the whole game. She did it like 20. No, no. I mean, what, what point was the free throw made? Oh, um, early in the second half. And then just great defense from that point forward. Yeah. And the funny thing is she wasn't really all that into, like, playing basketball. Now she, she is. Yeah. Oh, she, she's the leading scorer in the league. Right. She I mean, got, how she, not be? I mean, she got the one bucket when she, we came home. She's like, yeah, I like basketball. Her <laughs> offensive efficiency rating is high compared to that other girl. Yeah. There Very you go. So. I like that. I like that. All right. Xavier this Saturday takes on St. John's 230 at home. It, it is a, uh, a different St. John's team. It is not the pushover. It, it certainly was last year. At times it wasn't yeah. a pushover. But – it comes before really a three-game gauntlet in the league for Xavier. Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably better that it doesn't come after the three-game gauntlet. Like the shootout? Um, yes, that, that would be correct. Um, but with with this St. John's team, they are a lot different than last year. They're a lot more dangerous than last year. They're a lot more talented than last year. I think they're scary as hell to game plan for because they don't really run anything. Like, it's just three bucket getters out on the wing – Isolating against you, maybe they'll run a high ball screen, maybe they won't. But it's one on one. Chris Muller, man, it's Chris Muller coaching in the Rucker League. Yeah, I mean, well, he plays a very NBA style in the sense that he wants to find out who your weakest defender is. Like last year, they just picked on Miles Davis and just went at Miles Davis and went at Miles Davis and went at Miles Davis, and they were a tough game for Xavier because of that. And Xavier's still in a situation where they don't have like a bunch of elite on-ball defenders. They're a good defensive team. Attack J.P. Makura, attack J.P. Makura, attack J.P. Makura. I think you'll see a lot of that. I mean, it depends on who they feel they have the best matchup on, but what they'll do is they'll just isolate that mass- matchup a lot. And then Shamori Pons is a bucket getter. He's a getter. bad dude, man. Yeah, we, it's funny because um, we talk about like Markel Fultz, right? Well, obviously Shamori Pons isn't that level of talent. Right. But there's certain kids where like – even when they find that crappy team, it's like, you know what? That's the, still the perfect fit for yeah, him. Yeah, that's his spot. This St. John's team couldn't be more perfect to watch Shamori Pons because he plays the exact same way he played in high school and AAU and NBA players camps and everything. bad dude. He just wants to shoot every time he touches the ball, and he doesn't want to be restricted in what shots he's allowed to take. Can, and this team allows him to do that. Can, can Chris Mullen turn this thing completely around over, over time? 
Or is it un- unturnable? I, to me, it just seems like he thinks he's a GM. Like, he plays a GM role. Like, all he has to do is well, acquire... St. Jean or whatever, his assist, St. Pierre or whatever the dude's name is, does all the coaching, right? I, sure. I mean, literally, like, last year, he was on the outside of the huddles during timeouts looking yeah, his, and letting someone else coach. His associate head coach coaches. Yeah, and so... And he, he sits on the scorer's table. Yeah. And, and he and drinks Perrier and, yeah. and tries to get recruits. And he's done a pretty good job of getting some talent, but they're so dysfunctional still at this point and have really no system in place that I can tell. How's Bashir Ahmed playing for them? He, I mean, he's their third leading scorer. He's, he's long and athletic, and a, he's, he's an individual bucket getter. He's what They have four of them. They have four guys that can just go get buckets one-on-one. They're not tremendously skilled players. They're not... Maybe that's just the set. You call a guy's name, and that's it. That's, do the, him. that's the set. Get, do him. Do, yeah, do him. That's what it's called. Do him. Yeah, do, do him. him. They do don't him. even get to that part where they call the guy's name. They just do it's just, it's just whoever gets the ball in bounds. It's literally what it is is basically they run a high ball screen to one side. The guy who screened rolls the other side, so you get three people on one side. Two-man game. Two-man game, and basically it's just in isolation. They're just creating room for someone to isolate almost every time down the court. Do him. I like do him. Do him can sometimes work. Um, How many times you hear an AAU coach say that over a weekend? Oh, I'm sure it's a ton. Do him. <laughs> that, be, that being said, they're uh, they are not a good rebounding team, and they're bad defensively. Speaking of AAU, so they're an AAU team. I think Xavier should be okay. All right, there you go. Uh, let's look at the league real quick, Rick. Uh, I was starting to think about this today after Butler won last night over Villanova. How many losses will the winner in this league have? Three. I think Villanova will have two losses. Okay. I was thinking three was the number I had in mind too. I could see him with three. I mean, I could too, but I think that that Butler loss was a little shocking. But now they'll probably go on a run where they don't (laughs) lose the games you think they're going to lose. I wouldn't even go shocked. I mean, you're coming off Creighton, you're coming off the road, you're going back on the road again to a tough place, to a to a a capable enough team. I think that's a good. Absolutely, I think that's a good point. They looked exhausted at the end of that game, and and you go you go to Creighton on Saturday, really with the emotion of that, yeah, really hyped up game, and then you come back play Butler on Wednesday in Hinkle in a a same environment that's charged. That's just a lot. That's a lot and that, that's why I'm wondering, just because some of these teams at home are just going to be hard to beat, um, and that's I, three seems like a better number to me. I, I know what you're saying because they they're are, certainly capable. They of also it. already won at Creighton. Yeah, you're right, and, that, and that's, that's a big the, that's no doubt. the game you would expect them to lose. So it's like, okay, now where else are they going to lose? Maybe at Xavier. Um, maybe I mean, after other than the game at Xavier, I don't think there's another game that you could even reasonably say they'd be. They'd be the well, they'd be, they'd be, I would say they'd be favored in every other game. Yeah, and, and they might be favored in the Xavier game by the time it gets there, depending on what Xavier's done. So. Yeah, I think they were four and a half last night or four, something like that at Butler, something yeah. along those lines. So, I mean, a, not, a, not a huge favorite, but yeah. a favorite nonetheless. So I still expect them to only lose two games in the conference. But, I mean, after that, it's... Five, six, like we talked about. It could be. I think uh, Doug Tipton, we had him on our Big East preview podcast on the Dana Victory podcast. He said he, he expected the next three teams to be tied at 11 and 7. For second place, I would think twelve and six, probably more, but it wouldn't surprise me. I don't know how to do the math to make that work out, but he, he had it figured out. You have to, yeah, you have to make seven. sure the math does. You, yeah. can, you can always say those kind of things until you look and go, wait a minute, you got nobody that's three and fifteen. You got to have somebody down there at three and fifteen. Oh, you got the Paul at three and fifteen. Yeah, but 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 you got to make sure you do the math to make it work. How's your boy Woj doing? They're playing well, actually. They are. They are. They're one and one in the conference right Guy's now. Guys' palms are hurting though, man. They're slapping that floor every trip. The funny thing is, they're not very good defensively. No, they're not. They can score, but they're not good defensively at all, really. And they can't rebound. They don't have much size. So, um, Hanif Cheatham is that? Is he their their main guy now? Yeah, he's he's kind of their slasher, their creator on the wing. He's a nice player. 
Uh, I want to touch on uh, NKU. They they do start uh, a two game home home uh, stand for lack of a better term. Horizon League. I, I like the way the Horizon League does it, especially because their travel situation where they have a Thursday night and a Saturday travel partner. This is Youngstown and then Cleveland State um, coming in for the second part of it. Um, two obviously winnable games and a chance after four in the league to get to three and one. Um, these are two big games for that reason, but they are extremely winnable. I think they're a 12.5-point favorite in the game tonight against Youngstown. I would assume they'll be seven or eight probably against Cleveland State, maybe double digits. So, obviously, two extremely winnable games. Yeah, I'll be honest. If they don't win, they'd be bad losses for them. At home against teams like that, and they've played really well on the road, but at home especially, playing two teams that you're about 100 spots better than in Ken Palm. And quite honestly, at this point, like it's it's crazy to think we're saying this, but... NKU's just flat out more talented than the teams right. at the bottom of their right. conference this year. Right. They are. I mean, they're young, but they're more talented than the teams at the bottom of the conference. They're more in line with Valparaiso and Oakland, which is what we've already seen. We saw it at Oakland. Oakland's a little more talented. They're probably a step below Valpo and Oakland, but right there at the top of everybody else in the conference. Going for free beer tonight? I am. I'll be there. Look at that. My man. Can't go this Saturday, correct? Because you got to work? because Xavier's at 2.30. They're at 1. A little bit of a Can't you call Eisner and just... Get him to like push it back or something. I probably could. He'd probably just be annoyed but that I called thing. him Eisner instead of Eisner. <laughs> Eisner, well, you know what I mean. <laughs> you, you know, you could go though. One o'clock halftime's at one fifty. Fifteen minute halftime. I talked about fifteen minutes. I know fifteen minutes. I'm trying to do the try to do the math for you here. This isn't cereal. We don't. What are you going to time two, it out while we drive? Two thirty three oh. tip probably right. It's not going to tip at two thirty. It's probably a two thirty three tip. You walk in the door. No, it'll absolutely tip at two thirty. What, what two, is this? Two twenty one JV. They don't. Two twenty nine. You walk in. They have TV time. Skinny. Two thirty. You're good. No, I think you're good. I think you're good. I think you can pull this off. Okay, I'll talk to Byron and see if he'll save my spot. There you go. I, I think mean, your name's on it, right? Like, nobody's going to take it. Yeah, but here's the thing. I don't sit on, like, the normal press row side. I sit in between TV and radio where it's really, like, tight in there. So after they start, VIP. there's just not much ro- – like, you, you've got a producer, the two radio guys, the two TV so they're guys. Making I, know, I sit right next stack. to the what TV is it, guys. Wait a they're making but room for you? Is that, what is that what you're telling Basically, me? I'm squeezed into the middle of, of a spot. It's kind of like a, a hassle to come down there if you're not, like – do you sit 15 minutes early. Do you sit there to try to sit with the cool kids, or is there not a place for you to sit? No, you're... no, no, no. They took away all the courtside seating uh, and sent us to put all the VIP and, and people. And then Rick smacked somebody in the back of the head and said, I'm not going and sitting I'm up in the... I'm not sitting up in the rafters. Yeah. No, yeah. what they did is they put some fat nerd next to um, Byron, and he was like, I don't want that fat nerd. I want the other fat nerd. Ah. That so guy that, that was you. That much. was you. That was you. I was the right fat nerd. That gotcha. Wanted the Creighton fan. Me. The yeah, the Creighton fan, fan. The Hat Creighton fan. Yeah, yeah exactly. There you go. Um, I do want to touch on Kentucky. They walloped Texas A&M the other night. And I've I got to be honest about this. It is just not it, – it's just not – it's not fun. It's not fun to watch them against SEC teams because I that, mean it, it's just not. I, I I can't. Well, I couldn't. Well, I watched three minutes the other night and just shrugged my shoulders and went, "Yeah, it was." It's because you don't care going in. You know what? Like right. Like, I guess like that, we, that's my point. It's like we yeah. talked about on the podcast. The best case scenario for that game is you UK plays like absolute crap and, and still wins game. by twenty. No, well, well, like if we get a good game out of that, it's because UK played like terrible. Garbage. Yeah. So they have to play poorly, which is not fun to watch for us to see an interesting game in the SEC, which. Makes it not fun. They play uh, Arkansas on Saturday night, I believe, at eight thirty is the tip time. There, Arkansas does come in at twelve and two, but they are one and one in the league. Can can they play within fifteen points? Who cares? Like again, if, if Kentucky plays poorly, sure they can. But then who cares? Like no one wants to see that anyway. My, I can't wait for the Kentucky Kansas game. Yeah, it, it's it's when's the, that the twenty sixth, the twenty eighth, twenty sixth. Okay, whatever. Yeah, the same day as the shootout. Oh, 28th. 28th. Shootouts the 26th. Okay, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Saturday, it's was, a Saturday. Yeah, the shootouts on the, thir- the, the Thursday. Thursday the 26th. So, yeah. I was going to be pissed. No, I had that date in my mind, but it was because of the shootout. So you're right. 28th. Um, 
with the the Villanova loss happening, obviously to Butler and everything last night, we've had some other losses at the top. To me, Kentucky's the number one team in college basketball right now, and I don't think there's really a great argument to be made against that. I mean, the in terms of the metrics that are needed to win a title, they're top ten in Kempom in offense and defense, and generally, when teams reach that mark, they're the favorite for the championship. Yeah, so. I mean, the only other team that that is doing that right now is West Virginia. They're sixth in offensive efficiency and fifth in defensive efficiency. Kentucky is second in offensive and sixth in defensive. Those are the only two teams in the top ten in both. I don't think any of us really feel West Virginia is legitimately the best team in basketball. Not that West Virginia no. can't make a tournament run. The, 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 the thing with West Virginia, and, and this is just how Huggins has designed this thing now, if, if you cannot turn it over, you can beat them. But if they get you... In live ball turnovers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they, but I mean, they, they're, they're forcing 20-plus a game. Yeah, but a lot, and a lot of those are live yeah. balls. Yeah, and that's the design. That's yeah. the way that they're playing. Yeah. But if, you know, like Temple also, was able to beat them because Temple doesn't, you know, it's one of the lowest turnover teams in the country. And, and it's also why their offensive efficiency is six. There's a little yeah. skewed because it's like when you're getting run outs, five yeah, for layups, two yeah. on yeah. Yeah. at right. the rim, it's, right. sure, you, you look really efficient. Um, but to me, so to me, this Kentucky team is clearly number one at this point. What did what did the loss Villanova's loss do to them in your mind? Like, it, where it did, did they no, nothing. It, nothing to me either. I, I, I like I said, you, you go to play Creighton, that emotional that was game, a great game, and a great I mean, game. That and a, game was a great game. Yeah, right. yeah, at a high it, level. it wasn't like you went there and, and dropped the seventy-one forty-eight egg. I mean, you, you lost to a team that we, we've seen is better than everybody thought. Has got cow, a couple good wins. It uh, is so really well good, together. especially at home. And no, it, it doesn't do anything to me. I, I still think they're extremely good. You know what's funny about the Butler that Butler team is they still, for whatever reason, even though I know they're playing, they don't pass the eyeball test. They Still don't pass the eye. No, test. they don't. I was texting in any Dan, way, shape, or form. I was texting Dan that I do my Xavier podcast with in the middle of the game. I said this Butler team is really good. They're just too similar to Villanova and, and Xavier without being without being better than them in any. You know, like they don't they don't exploit them in any way. And then sure enough, they beat Villanova. I go, right. I'm an idiot. Like I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, you do. It, but it's it's just sometimes teams don't pass but, the eyeball test, but they they play the game the right way and play play together and Baldwin, all the all the little stuff. Baldwin's Baldwin, yeah. really good and Savage is, is really those two are. Changing, yeah, they, they make him a little more athletic, and yeah. you can take Tyler Lewis out when you need to, and he's not an, he's not holding you back at times like he was last year. Uh, Tyler Weidman's gotten a lot better. I mean, he's become a much more productive post player than I ever expected. Travis is one of the he's played out of his mind. He's one of the five best post players in the country, I think. Yeah, and he's such like he's a hybrid guy. He's doing so much. Yeah. He's shooting it well from three. He's got a great floater right now that he's just tremendous. He's touch killing on. people. Yeah, yeah. No, to answer your question, it didn't it didn't move the no. needle for me at all. So I've got Kentucky one. Villanova two, Kansas three, Baylor four. Oh, speaking of Kansas, how do you not see the call? I mean, the travel. Th- how do you how do you not see it? Come on, it's only four steps, four and a half. Uh, Give him the half. It two. was it was only he only picked it up at half court. Literally, he was at the bottom half of the circle. It, That's what I was going to say. I, I didn't see it live. I actually woke up the next morning, turned on turned on Sports Center, and and they were showing the end of the play. And I I still did not know if the the result didn't know any of it. Didn't see a score at that point. And I went, oh, what a knuckly walked. And sure enough, when it counted, I thought, you've got to be kidding me. How does nobody see that? I mean, he, he, he didn't walk. He ran. He ran. <laughs> he ran. That, half of the court. The weirdest thing, too, was like sometimes you'll see that where they're going real, like a really long distance. They're covering ground with their strides. And, and you're wondering, hard, yeah, and you're wondering how. See, right. But he chopped his feet like two times at the end Correct. really quickly to like make it look awkward, too. 
Don't know how – other than this is a great example of why you just go towards the basket no doubt. as far as you can and end the game scenarios because refs don't want to look at that and call that. No, they, they, they don't want to call that. They're not going to call – they're not going to call the defensive guy for usually fouling in that circumstance. They want to let the player decide it, but you can't let him walk like that or, no. or, or run like that. They're, part of the rules that, that, that are in place are you must dribble the basketball to move. Kansas State did not deserve that fate. That being said, I did like the way Bruce Weber handled it, though. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he said, you know, we, you saw what we all saw, but at the end of the day, you know, get our chances and you lose it. What so. a, yeah, what else are you going to say? Right, really? right. I mean, other than being a baby, like some coaches would be. But yeah, yeah, some of them would that's be. That's the proper way to handle that for sure. Um, that being said, I still have Kansas really? okay. as the number three team, um, and I, I can't wait for that game against Kentucky to see if they're how real they are. Right. Um, and then I have Baylor fourth, which they just barely snuck out a win uh, last night against Iowa State. Um, and that was at Baylor. That was, was at, at Baylor. Baylor. They slept walk through the whole game, but Jonathan Motley, I mean, he's he's got to be up there in terms of player of the year conversation, too. He's really had a tremendous year. He kind of carried them at the end. Then the fifth spot, I think right now I would have Gonzaga. I haven't but, seen enough. I, I, shame on I me. I saw them early, and they are really impressive. The, the problem I think is, I saw yeah, I saw them one game early, yeah, but that was, that was – but I have not seen enough. That's the problem is we don't see them enough against, like, Good competition, right. or we're not going to get I mean, another. Tonight, I think show. they play at San Francisco, I believe. Yeah, and then Portland, and then Loyola. I mean, right. we won't even 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 St. Mary's when St. they Mary's play pretty them good, in the middle of January. Yeah, but we also St. Mary's is another team that we're like trying to gauge against right. other top You're teams. Right. So it doesn't tell us like are they elite? We know they're good. Um, obviously, the win over Arizona over neutral was big. Same thing with Florida and Iowa State, but neutrals. The resume sure says they're probably top five. Yeah, I th- I, that's why I have them top five. But if you were to tell me UCLA, Duke, West Virginia, North Carolina, I, I'm, or having Oregon, a hard, I'm having a hard time dinging UCLA, man. I'm just having a hard time dropping them. I, I put them third, to be honest with you. You go to Kentucky and win, and you go to Oregon and play them to within a, a, basically a shot. They've done nothing wrong. I mean, what have they done wrong? I'm with you. I'm going this more on like who I think is the top five teams truly right fair. now than no, resume. That, yeah, that's fair. And... To me, I just, we, what we've talked about with UCLA, I just think is a fact. Like I think they are good, and I think they can beat anyone in college basketball, no questions asked, on their night. But to make a run like for five straight games where they play at that level, I just think someone's going to outscore them I, I would they don't guard If you well gave me the choice of teams today to take, I would take them over Kansas. If you gave me a choice of teams. That's, it's not a bad take. I don't blame you for that. I like UCLA more I know, than I know you do. No, I know you do. I just... It it really concerns me. Kansas it, just you got the two point guards. The thing I worry about Kansas, they don't have a lot inside. No, but they but they have enough length and athleticism still. Yeah. And I mean, like, how many teams honestly are dominant inside? You've got two or three of them basically. Right. right. You know, they almost lost to Kansas State at home. Yeah. Yeah, I, that that's true. I think I would. I think I'm with you. I think I would take UCLA over. You Kansas. got UCLA over Kansas. Um, any of the other teams up there that you think, like UCLA? Gonzaga's like the only one just because I haven't seen enough. And, and that's a shame on me, I guess. I just, I just haven't seen enough, and I don't know if they've been tested. They haven't been tested. As, I mean, the funny part is for a lot of the upper echelon teams, when you look, they've at least faced a couple of tests along the way. Gonzaga good tests. Well, Arizona's. They were cool. Arizona was nicked up. Um, that was a neutral site game. Iowa State they beat on neutral by two. Um, Florida was on a neutral. They beat them by five. So they. But when you're looking, Kentucky's played played UCLA yeah, and they Carolina. The elite elite. You look at Villanova, what they've played. You look at UCLA going to Kentucky and going to Oregon already. The grants in their league, but you, you look at some of those. I can tell. I can tell you what I, I know about them. I can't tell you what I know about Gonzaga. Yeah, I mean you have to be pretty specific with what you're saying about Gonzaga, right? Like we know they are a good team. That yeah. 
is clear. Yes. We're talking about can you compare them with the top five teams in the country? I think the cool and to that effect, they haven't I think, beaten any I think of I would teams. put UCLA at three, move Kansas down to four, and I'd probably bump Gonzaga. I think the one cool thing is about a lot of the top teams is – You've seen them at least play each other or a hybrid of, of this team played that team that then played that team. Well, and, and you can't always correlate the scores. Yeah, try but, to use the transit. Right. Yeah. But, but the, the made-for-TV games have been awesome over the past right. couple years because it's completely changed the optics. I of, mean, you're, you're usually one team removed from going, right, that yeah. team played that team, and, and there's, a, there's a common denominator that makes you go, okay, I can, I can see why I like that team better than the other team. And, yeah, I mean, and I think that's been the cool part about, about the non, or was the cool part about the non-league and still probably some of the non-league we, games. We've seen come. a lot more of that in scheduling lately, and I, and I, I appreciate it because you, you do get a better feel nationally for where everybody's at when you go into conference play because once you get into conference play, you're in that bubble of your Correct. conference. Correct. And, Everybody knows everybody, and teams can beat each other up, and there's some some false identities built at that time. Um, and some losses that you just can't – the only thing you say is they went on the road. I mean, it's, it's hard to pinpoint why. I mean, why does a Carolina lose to a Georgia Tech, and a Georgia Tech turns around and just gets absolutely waylaid by a Duke? I mean, you, you, don't, you can't explain it. it you can explain other, other than there's that factor, too. Um, Golly gee, guys. He, got, he, got, he didn't get in the way of the Carolina game. He got in the way of the Duke game. Can we try he finally little, decided he was going to coach. Guys, can we try a little harder tonight? Golly gee. Or, or, or Virginia Tech uh, beats – Beats Duke, and then, and then they come around and one hundred four to seventy eight against North, North Carolina, Carolina State. State. Yeah. By the way, Dennis Smith is a bad dude. Th- that being said, like I went back and watched that last night on Synergy after I saw he had the triple double. Didn't it wasn't it wasn't like an impressive triple double. Malika I mean, it Boo. was. Malika Boo was pretty dominant last night, wasn't he? Yeah, he had twenty and like twelve, Br- I think. Briscoe's triple double against um, against Mississippi wasn't all that. I mean, great, he got that cheap rebound at the end, but it didn't feel triple doubly. Well, his was genuinely not like a big one, though, right? It was like twelve points or something. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, the, and the last rebound was an audit was a was a missed for, an on purpose missed free throw. But was de- with Dennis Smith, you hear twenty seven points, eleven rebounds, right. eleven assists, five steals. That's You're a, going, that's a Whoa. that's a stat sheet full. And obviously, like he controlled the game to a certain extent when you put up those numbers, but it wasn't like a wow you performance from him. I mentioned him two podcasts ago. To check know, yep, him out, and there yep, you go. Triple yep. double. Keep, watch him. He's he's legit. Yeah, when you factor in 11 assists to the 27 points, he accounted for roughly 50-plus points of, of his team, rough, roughly half their total from, from one guy. So, he can right, play. Let's go to final take time. Chad Brendel, your final take from today. Um, I don't know that I really have one right now other than um, I'll go with this. Okay. There it is. All it does is just takes a little spur. I'll go with this. I was thinking about this last night. By the way, I put him on indefinite suspension from coughing. I haven't heard one in a while. I've had one or two little ones here and there, just to kind Have of. He dinged? Oh, I didn't ding. I, I missed. I think he is. He knows well, he's, he's on. Worried he's he's, he's on, on suspension. Yeah, That's right. I mean, I, I, I've got one ding, and I've done pretty good today. Okay. Now you're going to put it in my oh, brain. There we go. Yeah, you got in his head. He's a mental midget. Um, oh, I can't say that. Mental small person. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. My bad. Johnny Manziel doesn't like I, that. that part up. A couple weeks ago, I kind of looked at Rick Cross-eyed when he said if he was still covering the A10, he wouldn't be doing this anymore. Because he's a savior guy. He, he, he still would have been doing it. No, the hell I would not have. And like, then point blank period. Paycheck. And then, yeah. It's paycheck. I do not care about any team nearly as much as you do. Trust me. I, this is for money. This is. Yeah, but I you would have gave up the paycheck just because you didn't want to watch the A-10. Yeah. I would have found a job that actually paid me something. <laughs> yeah. You're the one that chose to be a journalist, bro. I, I know. I really love college <laughs> basketball, but I do not care about any one team enough to be like, oh, I'm going to go watch crappy basketball for the rest of my life and make nothing. I think, I think he's yeah, about well, to talk that, some crappy basketball, aren't that you? That kind of sat in last night as I was uh, seeing all the good games going on, and I was watching 
Tulsa and Houston and, and decide to flip off of that for a minute. SMU and Temple, and came to the realization that watching bad basketball sucks. Yeah. Oh, you're watching your own league. You're watching the AAC. Yeah. Yeah. Watching bad basketball. Well, there was you know there was good games on. See, that's the there, there yeah, was, Louisville. Uh, there was good games all over the place, and because I was. Getting a look at some of the teams, the two teams that are the next two teams on UC's I, I, schedule. I would tell you this: any night in the ACC right now, you're finding two good, at least yeah, two good yeah, games, if not yeah. multiple good games on a nightly basis. It, at least the nights they play. But it's dreadful watching yeah. some of these AAC teams play. Dreadful. The, the difference between you and me: I never watched the A10 games. I would have, I'd have to watch the teams I wanted to play, and then it'd be like, oh, Xavier's playing Fordham today. Better go look through every one of Fordham's box scores to find out what they've done because they're trash. Garbage. But the A-10 games weren't really on TV, so it wasn't an option. That that might be a fair point. Now, point. Usually it was on like CBS Sports Network, so you could find them at some point. But You had to go to a sports my, bar probably. My tip is just don't watch. No one really cares. You can make it up and no one will know in your pregame well, previews anyway. And maybe you don't it, write previews. What do no, you care? No, I don't. Bert what are you, even, what are you even watching those games for? We, I mean, I still do a podcast. Want, I'd still like right, to be knowledgeable. knowledgeable. Yeah, he wants to have the knowledge. Nothing wrong with that. Don't knock the man looking for knowledge, dude. Back off. And maybe it's just because it's the next two games, which are Houston and SMU, and those are two teams at the top of the If I didn't know better, I thought this guy's got road rage or something. If I didn't know better. I don't know what you're talking about. If if I didn't know better. I don't have anything. No, I just said if I didn't know better. We've talked about your anger But I I know better. So there we go. Uh, Your final take, Rick Boring. How about, I know this is football, but how about the number one recruit in college football right now, Najee Harris, running back from Antioch High School in California, his new way of committing. To his I didn't see, you see this. No, I did not. So he is not going to hold a press conference. He's not going to pull out hats. He's not going to do any type of silly announcement on Skype or on ESPN or anything like that, right? He's going to suck down Benadryl and tell people why. <laughs> he is committed to Alabama right now. Coach Harbaugh at Michigan has been recruiting him still very hard. That's what Harbaugh does. Right. And he says he's going to go to the All-American, the Army All-American game on Sunday, play in that. And then he's going to fly to the college of his choice, just show up on campus, and that's where he's going to school. It's not a bad concept. I like it. Sounds I mean, like somebody's going to be looking at Flight Tracker that night. Like this move? I mean, yeah. Hamadou Diallo, just no, yeah, it's, no, it's, don't, don't, uh, don't call and commit anywhere. Just, just fly to your destination yeah, on Saturday. Just show so up. When at, in, so when he's in Lexington on Saturday, then you'll know, right? Like show up at the practice tri- gym, and you're just like, yeah, shoot some guys when the team walks yeah, in. Who's the new guy? Yeah, it'll be like Rookie of the Year when uh, Henry Rowengartner walks in. It's like, hey. I'm the Cubs' new pitcher. Yeah, that, that didn't work out so good. Well, no, it did actually, movie. It did. in the movie, it did. It did. Yeah, yeah it did. Yeah, it did. Un- until he got. But the teammates didn't like. Him. Teammates didn't like him. Teammates didn't like That's him at great all. Point. Speaking of Diallo, he is supposed to commit on Saturday. Is that right? Yeah. And uh, Kentucky is probably is the likely destination, but it doesn't look like he's going to going to play this year. Or this that's, starting this semester. That's yeah, he's because the semester still hasn't started at Kentucky yet. No, not until the ninth or whatever. It might even be later than that, but yeah, close enough. Um, it, it sounds like he's decided he's going to go and basically just train. For the rest, and this is what most of these kids that that enroll halfway through the year is what they do: is they redshirt, basically redshirt. Is and there, that way they're into the the con- conditioning program and everything in April when the season ends, and then they roll through and play next season. I'm disappointed. I got to be honest. I want to see. I kind of want to see, see someone play. do this. I, I I like seeing the system get wrecked a little bit because because it was well within the realm of what you're allowed to do. I mean, yeah. there's nothing against it. The no, semester has not started. He he's was, eligible. He's good to go. Plus, could you just see all the hand wringing if he would have oh. been like a nice player and UK made a Final Four run or something, and he he was a big he was well, and, people would have gotten so worked up, and then he, he went to the draft. He moves to the four and cures their weakness at the four. They play small, you know, with the four guards and bam. 
and all of a sudden they're they're scoring 130 points a game instead of 105. People would have gotten so worked up over that. There's no doubt. There's no because because then you would have started to have more of this or enough of it to really make people the pro- uneasy. The problem is you have to have the unique uh, well, but here's thing where you're going to be eligible for the draft. Well, well that and, and and you also have to have a, 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 a scholarship open at, t- at that time as well. Uh, he, that's easy that's, enough. But here's the thing that's interesting. Mid semester. I mean, but Xavier has three hey, scholarships right now. I'm trying to right talk now. over here, jackass. Hang on. Xavier has three scholarships right, right now. Most teams don't you use them. Correct. Two. I'm just saying, but you still have to have one, though. But, but I mean, Most almost two. every yeah. team that's that's yeah. worth anything Nobody has likes having 13. 13. Right. right. You can't keep 13 kids yeah. happy. The interesting part is, Rick, you see a lot of football kids do it. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of football well, kids. But, the, the, the draft, but, but spring practice is a big deal, though, too. Right. But I'm saying, what if it gets, for these one-and-done guys... What if it gets in there? And Diallo's a different situation because he's already graduated. Like, he was supposed to be done. He was supposed to be a freshman all year this year. Yeah. And it got delayed. Well, d- d- the difference with the Diallo situation that makes his so unique is the fact that he would already be eligible for this year's draft coming right. up. Right. Most kids don't have that. But I'm saying, what's, what's to say that, like, you know, if, if Dennis Smith did it. He enrolled last at this time last year at NC State, it was because he had blown out his knee and he went there to get better treatment. Harry Giles did it, I believe. Right, but my point is neither one of those guys were eligible for the draft. draft I know, but I'm saying it would be interesting to see if more kids start going the football route and graduating a semester early, going to work out, going to going to, uh, to well, yeah, but I mean, we, but then eventually when that started happening, because basketball season is going on, then eventually one of them would have been like. I want to play. Let's play. Let's yeah. roll. Yeah. Work me in. Let's go. Oh, no. And that that has happened, and that will continue to happen. I'm talking about the specific thing where you play the half of a year. That and then, and then, and then, and then, then you go then to the go. draft. Right. Yeah. That would have been so unique to see, and it would have bothered people so much. I don't think the other the other side, because we've seen that before, and we'll continue to But not to much. That. Not a lot, because it's hard to do. It's hard to make that work out. I don't know, man. There's a lot of – like, UC had – if the coaching change hadn't happened, there were, like, nine guys that were going to enroll early. For football. For football. For football. But that's in the off season, though. It's not middle of the year. It's a different thing. If I'm you're just talking about yeah, like, I mean, bas- bas- basketball is, is unique because it transcends two different semesters. Right. And uh, that's yeah. the difference. So I'm just I mean, talking about the ability to graduate early and, right. and, and do it. I realize that. My point is with football players, they all plan that Give out. Give a damn about your point. <laughs> I like your point. Cle- clearly, because you keep, because you keep not, not understanding it. Is that it? Yeah. That was, that was all you had? I mean, if, yeah. If he's, if he's not going to listen anyway, what's the point? <laughs> uh, what do you got up on the website, Chad Brendel? <coughs> Ding me. That's one. That's yeah, that two. One, that that's two good. for the whole Got show. Your head. I'm in your head now. That's fine. I'll take two for the whole show. That's pretty good. The, the rest of us can just do a podcast normally. But. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I coughed once in the last one. I, I apologize. Um, got a lot of football coaching stuff. Um, Luke Fickle is staff hiring coming together. incredible staff at the University of Cincinnati. I, Joker. Joker Phillips. Um, I go to school at a place where they discovered the vaccine for polio and, and, and created Benadryl. And just hired a coaching staff. John Tenuta, who was uh, a big name for a long time, is the one that, that popped out today. Well, actually, we broke it on Bearcat Journal See, last night. There you go. Had a commitment last night from uh, what two quick two quick ones, right? Two quick ones. Rashad Stewart, a defensive back out of Clearwater, Florida. Um, you, you'll love this one, Rick. He actually committed four days ago, but he was getting some edits done for his Twitter commitment, so he pushed it back until... I, that's a man with a plan. I like that move a lot. Know your brand, kid. Build your brand before you're even on campus. Hold, coach, I'm going to commit, but if you guys could wait to tweet that out or tell any of your guys, 
My boy is going to put together a mixtape. It's going to be hot. I'll let you know when it's done. Do you know what edits are, Skinny? No, I don't. The little pictures that, that you know, what they do is they'll put four things up. Of their highlights? No, just like random a picture. He had a picture of him like in a, standing in a Cincinnati uniform. It's just a Photoshop. With gotcha. a picture of the kid, they gotcha. Photoshop their college jersey okay. and they put, you know, a so, of the score. And they'll have like a, a paragraph, thank my mom and family, truly blessed, commit to the university. And then they'll have three edits. And he wasn't ready to announce his commitment yet because his edits weren't done. He should have had those done. Well, they it, were in in progress. You okay. get you get what you pay for, Skinny. If you don't go to the third period nerd who takes a few more days to turn around, you don't get the high quality that, edit. That's a good point. Sounds like it sounds like a cottage industry waiting to happen. There's oh. some there's some kid Dude. in like in Atlanta right now that's just churning out edits for lunch money all day at school. Oh, there there's literally like now he's supposed to be in yearbook class. Now and he's just churning out edits. Most colleges have interns. Most football programs have interns that that do edits. That did you see Xavier signing day stuff? Yeah, no. I mean that's... they have. They have those little, like, cartoon characters. What do they call it? Bitmojis? Kids love those things, They have a cartoon dude. character made up for every player. And, like, when they sign, they have, like, a whole graphic of the this is my, my this is my eyes. This is my eyes are rolling in the back of my head right now, in case I'd, you're wondering. You'd love it, don't you? You'd be a great college coach. Good God. Dealing with that type of stuff. I wouldn't deal with that type of stuff. <laughs> be a great college you coach. You would have to. You wouldn't have a choice. Maybe. No, you'd it's be, happening. No, he'd be Mike Dunleavy at Tulane. <laughs> Still six figures. That's seven. seven. Uh, too late? He's not making seven at Tulane. Oh, I bet he is. Not a chance. They well, they got money. They do have money. It is expensive school. All right, what do you got on your your, your website? And if you tell me Xavier, I swear to God, I'm going to garbage. Come, I'm going to come right up in your rearview mirror tonight, right behind you, and just honk my horn, and then tell you get out of the car. I dare you. Just so you know, I'll break check you. I know you will. <laughs> um, I heard that. Yeah, we've got we've got uh, Xavier St. John's matchups coming tomorrow before the game, and uh, I don't know, same stuff we've always got on our. Oh, for heaven's sake! I try to throw you a bone. I threw you a softball. I mean, we've got podcasts. You just dribbled that one right back to the box. Yeah, that's typical. I don't know. I'm not. I wasn't ready to pitch. I'm sorry. All right, there you go. All He's right. got nothing. He's got nothing. Boys, I thank you. We you got anything on Miles Davis? Nope. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the best way to end it right there. We'll be back on Monday to talk about the weekend basketball. Look ahead to next week as well. Thanks for joining us on this week's podcast, or on this Thursday's podcast. We'll talk to you again on Monday.